Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. I am your host on this adventure, Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine, and I want to talk to you today a little bit about a recent ICA consumer study. So a recent study shows that more than 76% of consumers are washing their car at a professional car wash. That's great news. The problem is only 39% of consumers remember the name of their car wash. So we're going to talk on this episode about brand and the giant opportunity that we have to make sure customers can remember our name. So we're talking to Ann Mahler from Soapy Joe's out in San Diego, Justin Young from Splash Car Wash in Arkansas, and Olivia Gleason from Mr. Shine out in Arizona. So we're going to talk to them now. Have a listen to this great conversation. Okay, friends, uh, joining me on our panel today to talk branding, we've got Olivia Gleason from Mr. Shine, we've got uh, Justin Young from Splash, and Ann Muller from Soapy Joe's. Welcome to the program, everybody. Thanks for having us. We do this every time. Welcome to the program, everybody. Let's go. Hey, thanks, Yeah, all right. Okay, so now we've got some energy. Now we're ready to talk about branding. So uh, here's an interesting tidbit for everybody. In a recent uh, ICA consumer study, only 39% of customers know the name of their car wash. So you might think, well, that's not very good. Maybe I just need to put car wash on the side of my building and not have a brand. We're going to argue that that's a great opportunity for you to build brand recognition, to build customer loyalty, and to make your business better. So let's get into brand, because oftentimes we like to think that brand is a logo, and brand is colors, and brand is pretty things. It's sort of that. That's a component of brand. So let's start with a little bit of brand definition. I want to hear each of your all's approach to this because people have come at this a little different way. And let's start with Olivia. If you could just kind of share your approach to branding. I think that branding is pretty much the foundation of your business. There's a lot of different components to it. Um, the marketing and the logo part is great. But if you don't have your team and everyone on site carrying your vision out day to day, it kind of means nothing. So. It's your mission, your vision, the experience that you're giving the customers. Um, and then, of course, your name and your logo is the creative, fun part of it that you can, you know, disseminate everywhere and get customers that way. Yes, excellent, excellent. How about you, Justin? Yeah, so I think the uh, kind of the brand and the logo and all the stuff that's more visual is just kind of a physical manifestation of the the root of what branding really is and that I think I think it's your culture I think it just goes back to to who you are as a company how you treat people um, and so yeah I think it is an important distinction to note though that it's not 
that marketing and branding are different, right? So marketing is the activity, you know, uh, PR, social media, advertising, all the stuff uh, that goes into it that you're trying to persuade someone to take an action on something, right? That's marketing. But branding is people's gut feeling about you when they see your logo or when they hear somebody talk about you. It's, it's what they feel inside. Excellent. And how about you? I mean, reinforcing what my colleagues up here have said, it really is a culmination of multiple aspects of your business strategy. So when you're approaching your brand and if you're really starting out and building that, it's what do you want to put out into the community that you can sustain for a long time? This needs to be something that it becomes the DNA of your organization that you can even use to make decisions, business decisions about. So as they said, it's how do you want people to feel? How do you want your employees to feel, your customers to feel? And those kinds of things really help you understand understand what it is you're trying to articulate with that brand that you're putting out there for people to see, feel, and again, even down to your employees. So there's the fun part, the trade dress, how it looks, that's the logo, the graphics, all those components, but that really is a, a changing part. And your brand, because you can evolve that over time, but the brand itself really needs to be something that you can come back to as your touchstone for the longevity of your business. And the thing with brand is, right, like, it's how you show up every day. I mean, it's pretty simple. How do you show up every day? Are you uh, consistent in what you do? Are you consistent in the experience you provide? And are you showing up in a way that reflects those values that you put in that little that pamphlet that you give to the new employees and you say, this is what we're all about. Are you all about that? And are you showing up like that every day? So that's, that's really the crux of it. Um, I want to get into uh, a little bit about who cares? Why does it matter? Like, why do we, why do we need brands? I mean, 39% of customers uh, will remember the name of their wash. I, I'm going to put car wash on it. Anne, you want to start? The, the answer to who cares is your customer does. Even if we're in a uh, situation where maybe 39% remember a car wash brand, your consumers uh, are making choices every day on where to spend their discretionary income. And if it comes down to the car wash on the corner of First and Main or Soapy Joe's, we want them to come to Soapy Joe's because there's a third choice, which is I'm not getting a car wash today. And they could decide to spend that on a latte at Starbucks because they know that experience. So we think brand is incredibly important as it is something that um, in, in the back plane of consumers' mind is really fueling their choices on how they spend their day, their money, and we want that experience to come through, and we want to be that choice. Yeah, excellent. Justin, how about you? Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys care. I care. Hopefully we all care about our brand uh, because you can't, you cannot out-market a bad brand, right? You can have some flash-in-the-pan sales stuff um, that's nice right now and puts a little money in the bank, uh, but if you're trying to build something long-term, which I, I think a lot of the people with the quality of our industry are trying to build something big, um, I don't think you can do that uh, w without a strong brand. Um, I don't know if now is a good time to talk about Ritz-Carlton, but I really want to talk about Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> uh, so Ritz-Carlton is a little bit of my uh, brand crush. All right, so they, <laughs> they spend zero dollars on marketing every year. Um, but they're one of the most recognizable luxury hotel brands in the world, right? Um, and so if, if you get to thinking about that, it's really absurd. Like they, they do not advertise their hotel at all because I advertise right now sitting on this stage for their brand right now, you know, because I've stayed one time, but I'll never forget it. It was one of the best experiences. Um, and so yeah, they spend zero dollars on marketing, but what they do is they make their, their customers feel known 
right? And so they remember their preferences. When they come back, they remember that, that uh, somebody likes the sheets turned down beforehand, or they remember that they like this kind of drink when they checked in, or whatever it might be. They remember those things. Uh, and also, they try to make you feel like family. Um, and so they make you feel like you're at home as much as possible. And so I just think it's in, they've done an incredible job of, of spending zero dollars and making a lot of dollars. Yeah, well, it, it's, all, it's like paying attention to all the little details of the experience, which is what we're all trying to do with our washes. We want to make sure that the customer's having a great experience. And, and you can, the Ritz is like this, right? They're really great at service. Uh, you've also got brands like Marriott, also really great at service in general. But I mean, these brands, they have a smell. Like they literally manufactured a scent that is the Marriott scent. So it's the whole package. So, okay, let's, let's come down to Olivia here. Uh, tell me, why does it matter for you? Who cares? Well, first off, it comes from, you know, ownership. You have to care the most because the customers will see that. It goes you, your employees. If customers can sense that there's something off there and neither of those people are happy, then they're not going to be happy. You should treat them, you know, like your friend or anyone else that you would, and they're just going to buy into the brand. They don't want to be, you know, told things that they don't understand um, about the car wash lingo that we use. They just want, you know, a good experience, and they want something that is involved in the community, um, and it's not just, oh, I have to go get my car washed. It should be, I love going to the car wash. And I think that that's something that hasn't always been that way. Yeah, yeah I love that. I love that. You, you know, you mentioned something in that um, that, I, that I think is an entirely different panel, but it's this concept of uh, using insider jargon, right, to market our products. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll put that on another panel because I think that that's really important for us to think about in terms of if I'm the customer, I don't really care or know what ceramic is. So you don't need to tell me that. You don't need to educate me on ceramic. You need to call it something really simple that I understand, like super shine. Oh, all right, that's cool. I'll, I'll buy that. So anyway, I, I digress. That's, I have lots of passion points around this subject. So let's, um, let's go into, okay, so we talked a little bit about why brand is important and why we should care about it. Um, and by the way, for those of you in the audience, if you do have questions, uh, we're gonna try to leave a little bit of time for that. So we've got a couple of microphones. Um, and if you just want to queue up with those microphones, we'll catch your question. Before you ask your question, please do introduce yourself for us because we want to know who you are and our folks uh, watching at home would love to be aware of that as well. So, okay, so let's get into, sorry about that. Let's get into how do you do it, right? So when you, you need to create that consistency. We talked about Ritz being able to create that consistent experience for everybody. How do we do that with our brand? Like where does that show up? What do we need to do? And we'll start back down with you again. Uh, yeah, so I think one of the things that we're most proud of at Soapy Joe's about how we approached our brand and how it was developed was including our various stakeholders. So this was not something that was done in the White Ivory Tower and the marketing folks decided that this was going to be the overlay and the look and the feel and it was pushed down. We really involved our employees at every level of that brand articulation, including crafting our mission, vision, and values, asking them what was important to them. We had executive off-sites where we went through interactive exercises to understand 
did what was uh, really meaningful to us as leaders. And we really brought all those things together and refined them to find what the right tone and approach was for Soapy Joe's. So as far as how do you do it, there's a lot of layers. But coming back to that authenticity, again, what can you sustain for a long time? If you're picking something that is shiny and cool because it feels you know, in the moment, but it's going to fade for you and you're going to have fatigue with that over time, that's not the right approach. So I really encourage you to uh, take stock as an organization, make sure that the voice is coming through of your various stakeholders, and really use that as the backplane to build those elements. In terms of how we did the logo, we really took a risk here. And I think this is also you know, something that we're really proud of at Soapy Joe's is not being afraid to go on a path, uh, an alternate path, and really coming up with something spectacular at the end. We put our logo uh, out for requisition on a website where multiple artists can respond to the same creative brief. And that allows, this is especially great technique for those of you out there who do not have an agency of record. So this is something any of you can do today. Put your creative brief out there and have multiple people respond to it. So you really get a variety of voices in how that can look for your market. So those are a couple of elements when you ask, how did Soapy Joe start building the brand um, that I would offer for consideration to you guys. So make it authentic. Do a survey of your leadership and your employees. And then don't be afraid to go on the path unknown. You don't have to have this huge agency to really get something phenomenal. That is the logo we use today as the one that was a result. There's been modifications to it, uh, but as a result of that exercise. So that was Soapy Joe's path. Yeah, and if, if, we, if we have time here at the end, I know that everybody does like to look at a good logo. So we'll, we'll, show, we'll show these three logos and maybe talk about it a little bit if we can get to there uh, in our time together. So um, uh, Justin, why don't you give us a little bit of your spiel on uh, how do you create that brand consistency? Yeah, I, th I think ta the tangible stuff, uh, I'm going to say it's easy. It's not easy. It's easier than the secondary part of my, my answer. Uh, the easy quote-unquote stuff is defining your brand colors and your fonts and all your stuff, right? Um, we did a really helpful exercise called a brand voice questionnaire, uh, which I'd be happy to send to you guys. Anyone that wants it, you can come up to me after and I'll, I'll get that to you. But, um, you know, comparing it to celebrities and why and their personalities and stuff. And so some of those things kind of helped, but uh, I would say that just put words to it. I mean, really, our brand was created uh, because you know, Matt, Paul, Natalie, the Stag family at Splash through the years um, have lived it, right? So that's the hard part. It's like you can't just have, you can't have a brand that doesn't match who you are. <laughs> Uh, just, just call yourself the, the butthead car wash if, if you're going to treat people not very well. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on stage. Uh, but just, you know, just if you're going to if you're going to claim something and want to be identified a certain way, then you have to live that out. And the Stag family has done that for so many years. And so now it's just, you know, it, it just flows. But um, I think uh, additionally, you know, on top of all that, um, I think it just goes back to the culture piece, and I hate to say it because this is hard, but you guys know culture depends on people, um, and so if you're not getting the right people, your culture's not going to be right, and if your culture's not right, your brand's not going to be right. So ultimately it goes back to people, which is one of the hardest things to conquer. So uh, two things. Number one, uh, last I checked, butthead is not on the list of uh, exclusionary curse words, so we can use that one, that's good. Uh, number two, what character are you? You said the brand survey, but you didn't tell us who you are. 
Yeah, we uh, we landed on a few. We, we had to choose like three, okay? So we went like Chip and Joanna Gaines, all right? A little di- dynamic. We went a we, yeah, and then we went Jim and Pam from the office, you know, down to earth, but still fun. Uh, and then, what was the other one? And then George Clooney, of course, because we're just, you know, fancy, like Applebee's on a Friday night. That's funny, that's funny. All right, Olivia, how about you? Let's talk a little bit about uh, what you all do at Mr. Shine to create that consistency with your brand. Um, so it kind of started, I mean, from the beginning, we, we focused on a brand and a logo that would be recognizable in our community, right? Family-oriented, not necessarily something that we wanted or what was traditional. And then I kind of just listened to my father and I, you know, he's the brand voice. So I was like, does this sound okay? Does this sound okay? And he's probably like, you're driving me crazy. You're driving me crazy. But I learned it enough, you know, after X amount of months that he is just the, the brand voice and everyone in the community um, knows the family. And it's easy for me now to kind of just carry that out. But there are so many components, right? It always is evolving. And you have to put in those other um, aspects of it from the community part to, you know, showcasing the car wash or this or that. Um, so you kind of need to always be able to shift gears, but do it at the right time. I'm, I kind of take this for granted right now, but um, with one location, I have the ability to, you know, post on the go. I don't schedule post. And I feel like it's when I go on site and I feel something, I'm like, this is what I can post today. So it's kind of being very present as well um, and always reevaluating, you know, where we are now, you know, what needs to be tweaked and where do we want to go. Yeah, the evolution, the evolution of the brand. I think, I think that's actually one of our covers somewhere, but that, we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, so normally, normally I like to stay pretty high level with some of this stuff because we only have so much time, but I want to get into a little bit of a how conversation right now because I think that um, one of the things that's most difficult when you start talking about brand is how do you operationalize the brand, right? And like what are the really tactical things that you can do, little things, that can make a big difference in the organization. In my mind, I'm thinking about things like, you know, uh, brand, a brand guidelines document that shows how the logo should show up, how um, you should use words, which words you should use, all that kind of stuff. Are there things that you all do from that really tactical perspective that helps people know this is how we come to work every day, this is how we show up, this is how we talk about our organization, and, and we'll, we'll just come back down the line. Yeah, absolutely. We do have the brand guidelines document that you mentioned. It literally outlines, here's the style for headlines, here's the style for body copy. All this may sound like jargon to you, but it is how the brand looks and feels in terms of the the graphics. Uh, We have several components that are set so our emails all look the same. There's a set of waves, a set of sparkles, a set of flags. These are what you can use on repeat for our communications. And I would say, you know, sometimes it's a trade-off. Those uh, graphic designers who are using those elements every day may start to have some fatigue. Uh, we, you know, but you can come back to those brand guidelines and say, you know, you need to adhere to these. It is not a fatigue moment for our customers who are seeing this. It's a consistency thing, and it, it breeds recognizable um, recognition in the consumer. So we really do literally have a document, multi-page document that outlines those components. Um, another component for us and how you feel, we do have our uniform guides because our 
employees are a big uh, part of that brand. So here's our, our uniform guidelines, our summer and our winter guidelines. Those are posted. So there's no confusion on the employee part on how they're expected to carry that brand forward every day in terms of their look and feel. So those are two things that we're doing at Soapy Joe's that really helps us like operationalize it. I would say last but not least, uh, we have a customer journey map. And that is a whole other segment, uh, a passion of Matt that shares with me um, on how do we want those customers to feel at literally every step of their journey through our car wash sites, but then taking that one step further and saying, how do we want them to feel? So it's not just okay to have this, this, the, um, the signage correct, but what are they supposed to be feeling in that moment? And those tools really help us in a concrete way understand how we want those brand components to come to life on our sites, from how the customer feels, how that employee is looking, all the way down to the marketing elements that, that are out there uh, conveying our brand. I love that because it's like, you know, brand in general, when you talk about it, it feels very like fluffy and like up there and you're like, oh, our brand and it's lovely and we're all about values. But being able to bring it down and like help and enable your employees to carry that out, I think that's really important. Justin, how about you? Anything kind of tactical or operational that you, you all do? Yeah, um, yeah, I think uniform guide, having your colors defined so you can send it to the designer, the logo, all that stuff, uh, of course. I'm trying to think of additional stuff. Uh, our interview questions, you know, align with things that we want our brand. I mean, it's all the same. It goes back to what I said at the very beginning. Brand is culture. And so what we're hiring for is what we want displayed to the world um, through our brand. And so uh, interview questions, I think, are a tangible one. Um, yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's just it's just the day to day. If, like, if we want our people to serve customers well, like, are we serving our people well, you know? And so I, a lot of, I, I feel like my stuff is not super tangible, um, but maybe that's helpful a little bit. Well, you know, I think it comes through for you all, like you're saying, right? Like, it's, it's the interview questions you ask. It's how you screen your people. It's how you set up the scripts when you're going to sell that unlimited plan. You know, there's different ways that you approach these things, and a lot of it is like, a lot of it really, honestly, is word choice, because words do matter, and the, and the words you use change Everything, the intonation, all that. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. I got one. I just thought of one when you said the words you use. So, like one of our, our, our I mean, everyone says this, but the family concept, right? Uh, Which we, we strive to treat our team members and our customers like like family. And so, um, even like our print material, when they sign up for a recurring plan, uh, it says "Welcome to the family," right? Like that's the headline. So I think there are things like that that you can work into some of your print pieces that that help reinforce that. Because a big piece of it is consistency. Like you can't just like build a brand uh, with three or four posts, right? It's got to be over and over. And then when you think you're good, just keep going. It's like mowing the grass. It's going to grow back. Just keep going. <laughs> I love I love that analogy of mowing the grass because it is. It's like you you say the same thing so many times. And it starts to feel to you like, oh my gosh, we gotta say something different. We gotta change this campaign up. We gotta like modify the whole thing. But you have to realize that those folks who might be seeing that, when they see it, that might be the first time. You might have said it 700 times. And the first time they see it is on number 701. And if you don't keep saying it, they're gonna miss it. Yeah. All right, Olivia, how about you? Let's talk a little bit about anything from a, an operational perspective that you think really helps. We do the uniform guidelines as well. Um, that's something 
pretty big, as well as the interview questions, as well as, um, I just had it on the tip of my mind, was it? Oh, on-site signage, um, all consistent with social posts, email, all the messaging. Um, and there's one thing that I try to keep out of messaging now, and it's the word car wash. So if I'm doing a post, I'm trying to just use Mr. Shine. Yeah. Um, to remember the name. They don't need to know that, you know, they need to know what the name is again. So they remember you and not be that 39% of people who don't know the name of the car wash. So Olivia, you you may not notice this, but Olivia is on the younger scale of the rest of us in this room. Um, so you, you have a little bit different approach. You, you're pretty passionate about the fact that we can create a relationship as a brand called Mr. Shine as opposed to Mr. Shine Car Wash, right? So talk a little bit about why you think that's possible. Well, I just had a conversation with my father last night. I was like, we're removing the flex service car wash part out of our logo, and he's like, okay. Um, I just think that it was almost, I mean, marketing and car wash just, I feel like, started a couple years ago. And I feel like the word car wash was almost like a cop-out on the building. Um, that would be like McDonald's and other fast food places putting burger underneath it. Like, oh, there's the burger place. Why do we put car wash everywhere? <laughs> like, just have them remember your name um, and they go, I wash at Mr. Shine. Not that's, I go to the car wash down the street. That's right. what they say. Right, right. Uh, if you guys have questions, we're going we're gonna to have a couple minutes for them. So uh, now is the time if you want to ask anything up here to queue up at the microphones. I want to, and I, I know that you have an interesting perspective on what we just talked about in terms of, um, how, how important it is to try to create a relationship with your specific brand. And, and I, I think you've said that it comes down a lot to realizing you're not competing with just other car washes. Can you, can you share that a little bit? Right, so, you know, we, we feel that we want to have the relationship with our customers. We are an express exterior wash, but we're very focused on the memberships. So we want people um, to, to really go up beyond the transaction. If they're coming to you because they're in that moment, they have a functional need to wash their car, that's great. That's where we get our members from, are those people who are coming in. But to convert them to a member, it really goes beyond that. It turns it much more into a relationship. Why are they going to keep paying you every month on that recurring membership if there's not something more than the functional components. If it's the functional pieces that you're competing on with the wash down the street, we're talking location, price, quality of wash, that, that's a really hard game to be in because you're always going to be trying to go a little bit cheaper, you know, really struggling to create a reason for them to come back to you. If you have that relationship and you're trading on feel, that's a much stronger position for you for the long-term brand and the long-term um, health of your business is to be in that moment where it, they have a spark, a feeling, and that's really something more. When we survey our customers, we do this every year, uh, the two things that come back as the way that they feel about Soapy Joe's, it's a sense of accomplishment and they feel happy. So we really have a data point that we know the positive aspects of how they feel and that helps us lean into that, try and create that authentic voice. Uh, we don't want to be saying there's something that's there that's not, uh, but really lean into that and and use that as a jumping off point to create campaigns and moments where people have a relationship with the brand and they can have those sentiments and those feelings that are even magnified and replicated. And, and that was what really creates that relationship. Yeah, yeah, I know that. There's a, there's a whole, again, this comes up every time we talk about marketing. There are so many things we could talk about and so many things we could spend time on. I encourage all of you to track these folks down at some point and talk to them about measurement. 
and how they measure those things because that's a whole different ball of wax. But we'll get to that. I think we've got a question right down here. Uh, go ahead and, and introduce yourself and ask your question. Hi, uh, Brad Davis with uh, Four Seasons Car Wash. I do have a question about measurement. Um, <laughs> what, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing, just what percent spend do you make on, on marketing and advertising on average? Uh, yeah, so, to, so, yeah, the question was, um, if, if you're comfortable sharing, what's what's kind of your ad spend percentage of your marketing budget? We tend to hold those numbers pretty close, so I wouldn't share the exact number, but I can tell you that I would focus on your entire sales funnel when you're thinking about your spend in particular. Make sure that you've got some focused on awareness of your brand, but don't leave out that bottom of funnel purchaser, the person who's in Google, you know, typing in car wash near me, I like to make sure I'm spending a lot on that. Those are people who are in the moment, they're ready to go. So make sure from a brand perspective, you've got some of that brand money up top, the things like radio, which are more awareness, but don't forget that bottom of funnel spend. So I would uh, avoid the question or the answer on exactly what we're spending, but make sure you, that you're spending throughout that entire purchase funnel. Okay. Justin, how about you? 100% of all money yeah, yeah. coming in, just going out. You got to spend it, right? Uh, no, I think it's seasonal too. I mean, I think a lot of it's just depending on what's going on, what's highest priority. We have ongoing stuff in the background at all times um, online. Uh, but I think if we see a good opportunity, that's one thing I love about being a part of a, of a, of a family-owned business is we're able to, to kind of escape the corporate, uh, you know, stigmas of, of following exact plans every you know we're able to jump on opportunities and be a little bit more agile uh which i i appreciate a lot but um yeah so i i don't know that it's a set number but so sorry for that horrible answer but <laughs> it is uh kind of dependent on what's going on how, how about you olivia uh we do not spend a whole lot on advertising um we did in the beginning so i would say that's kind of a whole different situation for a new site but my goal was to kind of, you know, have your customers be your marketers um, and then get to that point where everything else is kind of just in its place and you can just check on it and switch gears if you need to, but you really don't need to spend a whole lot. Well, and, I, and uh, I think a lot of it too depends. Are you speaking specifically in terms of digital advertising or marketing as a whole? Market, marketing as a whole. Marketing as a whole. Okay, so I think it really um, depends on where you are in your business cycle. So if you've got a wash that you're just opening, I think you're going to spend a lot more on that on that marketing side. It's going to be a higher percentage, and then that's, it's going to dip down a little bit over time. And you're going to see it go like this. But um, I've seen research, you know, generally that says uh, to maintain and be consistent, you should be between six and ten percent of your of your total budget to, on your marketing efforts. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, over here at the other microphone. Hello, okay. <laughs> um, I'm a new to the car with Super Sun Express, but my question is really on the specifics on what, what are the top three things you guys have done to implement and that has been the most impactful to help your branding? From a brand, from a brand perspective, top yeah. three things, top three things you've implemented. Let's go one from each, top one thing you've done. Justin, you go ahead. I got one. Uh, being very choosy on what you do in-house and out-of-house. You know, I think, I think it's easy to farm off a lot of things to outsource it, um, but there are certain things that, that we have determined uh, for our brand, like social media is one of those, like it would be much easier to have someone else do our social media 
um, but we just feel like that's like core to who we are and core to communicating that. Um, and, and so I know there are great companies out there that can do it, but that's just one that we hold on to. And let's go down to you. Yeah, for me, my recommendation is that you do research. Um, we have 16 car washes and we are membership focused. So it has been incredibly helpful for our organization for future decision making to go out there and really ask your customers. I guess first you need to have their contact information. So don't forget to collect that. But go out and ask them, you know, how they feel. What do they want from you guys? What kind of perks? What's important to them? Why did they select you over the competition? all the things that you want to know. And that way, when you're making your decisions going forward, it's a lens through which you can evaluate opportunities in terms of spend, how you're spending your money, where you're focusing your dollars, even down to what is in your offering in terms of your product mix. You know, what do they want from you? And really be prepared to listen. You don't have to take every single thing and have those customers take you off track, but it's a very, very good tool to help you steer your business going forward, to be able to include your customers and that voice of customer in your decision making. So I would say do a survey. It doesn't have to be fancy. Take a pen and pencil, get the question you want, and get out in your parking lot. Survey everybody. We use SurveyMonkey. It is a tool that anyone in this room can use. It does not have to be too fancy or unapproachable. It's not expensive. It's something you can do today. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Olivia, how about you, one thing? Mine is the same, um, engage with customers. Um, I think that so often everyone has this set um, slogan in their mind of, you know, ours is speedy, shiny, friendly. And at first, when my father came up with it, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to put that anywhere until I start seeing reviews that say speedy, shiny, and friendly. So a year went by and a lot of reviews said speedy, shiny, friendly. So I was like, okay, we can use it now. Um, but constantly checking in with the customers, going, you know, helping out at the kiosks, going in the interior, engaging with customers. Um, they're the ones who decide what your brand is, essentially. Excellent, excellent. I, I've got one for you too. So that I'm, I don't want to share this because this is my secret sauce, but I'm going to tell you guys. Okay, so there's a, uh, you may be familiar with this. This is an exercise I think everybody should do for their business. There's an author called Donald Miller. If you know him, he's great. Um, but this concept of a story brand, right? And so you go through this exercise where you create a brand script. And that helps you kind of identify really simply uh, what you are and what you're about. And it's really, it's a fun exercise to do as a team because it's this concept of everybody, every movie you've ever watched, every story you've ever heard follows the same arc, right? You've got a, there's a villain in the thing, there's a hero, that villain's gonna meet a guide who's gonna help them and there's gonna, they're gonna give them very clear calls to action and there's gonna be this major transformation. You know, you think of Star Wars with Luke Skywalker and Yoda, you think of Spider-Man with Aunt May. Uh, so, the important thing about that, that exercise is super fun to do. It gives everybody on the same page. But I think it also helps you remember that we in our businesses and when we're putting our stories out there, we're not the hero. We're the guide. We're the ones that are helping people succeed and make the transformation that we want them to have. So if you, if you haven't checked out that book, I think it's called Story Brand is the book. He's got a whole series of stuff, Business Made Simple. He's a really great um, marketing mind and he helps you really keep things simple which I love. So. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.